Welcome to Willow Park Church, and we're glad that you have joined us online to worship the Lord, to hear from the Bible, and to spend that time relating to the Father and allowing God to speak to you. We are so happy that you've been able to join us in this way. It's been an amazing week at Willow Park Church. Uh, Just the way that God has been moving and speaking and encouraging with different activities. Um, Hundreds of young people are now starting to engage with us in their different groups, in those safe bubbles, in those cohorts, all words we never used to use. But now we're developing a safe way to disciple the next generation. Kids Club is coming up very soon as well. And that's been exciting to see how that's come together. We're able to achieve, but always safe always approaching it with the protocol that is offered us from the BC government and always aiming to keep the doors of the church open so that we can share the good news of Jesus. So this past week, uh, hundreds of teenagers have gathered all over the city in this building, in different venues, being able to be taught the scriptures. So keep praying for our church. Pray for protection. Pray that we do everything correct and we do everything right. But it is exciting. So you've joined us online. Please keep in touch with us. Drop us an email. If you've enjoyed the sermon, let us know. If you haven't enjoyed the sermon, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But we want to bless you and we want to encourage you. Today, the worship is led by Luke Madden. And I know that as he leads us in this time, can I encourage you to just sit wherever you are. Let the worship wash over you. Let the Lord whisper to you, open your Bible and spend this time as holy space and devotion to God at this moment. And I really do believe that when we take that space, God comes and speaks to us. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for all my brothers and sisters that are joining us online, whether on Facebook Live or on our church platform, wherever they're joining us around the world. I pray that today's gathering will be a massive blessing in their lives, that you'll be with their families, their loved ones, and we welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit into homes right the way across this nation and beyond, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Me and my mom worshiping today. This is going to be awesome. We're having a lot of fun. Um, I just invite you guys, as we sing these songs, we're singing, Good, Good Father, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Here I am to worship, like, to really think about the God that we're worshiping here, to really think of him as a father who loves us and shows us such affection and tenderness and that he came and he died for us and took our place and all for love's sake became poor. Like we're worshiping that God this morning. So I'm just going to pray and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to wherever you are, just to fill you and to be present and to, um, yeah, that you'd really know that God is with you and that he loves you and that he cares for you and that he wants you to to follow him and to, to worship him and to know him because that's that's the life that is, that's the best life we could ever live. So I'll pray and then we'll, we'll start singing. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can praise you for you are a good, good Father. That no matter what's going on in our lives, all the struggles that we're facing, all the battles that we're facing in our week or in ourselves or outside of us or anything, God, I thank you that you are the one that we can turn to. We know that you hear us and that you will deliver us, Father, in your own timing and in your own way. And and we can trust you and that you're constantly with us, that you constantly love us. So God, as we sing to you that you are a good, good Father, I pray that you'd soften our hearts, Holy Spirit, that we would know you and that we would know your love more deeply and more intimately than we ever have before. I pray this all in Jesus' name, Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I can't 
altogether lovely, you're altogether worthy, you're altogether wonderful to me, God. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to rush by it. I don't want to be thinking about anything else right now, Lord, but you. Please center our eyes on you, God. Turn our eyes upon you. Captivate us, Lord, not because you're anything less than captivating, but because we're so easily distracted. Father, I pray that we'd worship you with our whole hearts. Let's sing this again.
head into communion, Lord, I 
pray that you'd open our eyes to see you, Lord, that we wouldn't miss you, that we wouldn't be distracted, Father, that we would center our attention on the most important thing in the universe, which is you. God, that you died for us, that you sent your son, you died for us because you loved us so much and we were dead in our sins and we needed salvation, God. And you came and you gave it to us. You offer as a free gift for all who would believe. So I pray for all of us who do believe and all those who don't, Father, open our eyes that we would see you. Father, that we'd believe maybe for the first time in your salvation and who you are, God, that we would call upon your name. Say, Jesus is Lord of my life and believe that he was raised from the dead after the cross, Lord, and be saved. And I pray for those of us who have believed that, Lord, that you would revive our hearts and that you would awaken us again to what that means. Lord, our sins are gone. Our punishment, death, hell is beaten because of you. We love you. Open our eyes. Bless the rest of this service, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Sarah, for leading us and sharing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That hymn means so much to so many of us. It's historic. It's powerful. It's rooted in brokenness. And then God's salvation comes and works. You may know the story of it, that it was a captain of a slave ship that wrote that after he met the Lord Jesus Christ and his life was completely changed and he devoted his life to ministry, to serving the Lord. And then he wrote such an amazing hymn that has been shaped and reshaped, but the words still linger, are still with us. So as we pause now to take communion, let's remember what amazing grace it is. And Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And we remember the cost of your son on the cross. Where you gave your life for us. And we bless this bread and we remember and we give thanks for the amazing presence and work of our Lord Jesus Christ what he achieved, what he accomplished by dying for our sins. Thank you, Lord. You paid the price and you've set us free. The body of Christ broken for you. Father, thank you for the power of the cross. Such amazing grace. And Lord, we thank you for the blood. The blood that flowed from the hands and feet, from the side, from the head, from the wounds of the whipping. Your blood poured out. And your blood spoke. We remember, right the way back in Genesis, when Abel was murdered by Cain, the words of the book of Genesis said that his blood cried out for vengeance. 
The blood of Jesus speaks today and it cries out, but it cries out for forgiveness. There is no more vengeance. There's forgiveness. And the blood of Jesus speaks forgiveness. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Well, we're going to move right now to the sermons. And can I remind you that we're in this hidden series and we've been unpacking the desire to pursue God, first of all. That desire not to have the crumbs, but to have the baked bread of heaven. We've also talked about the, the difficulties we encounter and yet Christ has given us a treasure within and what brings us joy, what brings us love, what brings us peace, what brings us hope is the word of God living in our lives. And when you face problems and difficulties, when you receive the word of God, it changes your perspective. How do you receive the word of God? Well, through abiding in Christ, through spending that time of intimacy and closeness to Christ. That's how you travel to that point to hear God's whisper. Last week, we heard about humility and the power of humility to be teachable, to be open, to humble ourselves to one another. And so now we're stepping into the theme of wilderness, how we cope with the wilderness and the pain and the difficulty. So be blessed. Enjoy these messages wherever you're listening and may the Lord minister to you. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. Last week, our youth group started up again. GLOW is for grades 9 to 12 and it happens each Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. JUICE for grades 6 to 8 happens Thursday nights from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This week is youth care groups, and youth will be contacted by their leaders with details about what they are doing. Learn more at cahoots.ca. We are now offering a free monthly subscription box for all of our Willow Park kids to enjoy. Inside, you will find crafts, activities, family challenges, and more that will make Kids Church Online just a little more fun and interactive. What's even better is we will deliver the box right to your door once a month. If you haven't already signed up for our fall box subscription, you can sign up today on our website. We would like to invite our friends who are 55 plus to join us for our first hymn sing and seniors Bible study happening Wednesday, October 21st at Church at 33. Online registration will be opening soon. So watch our website and your email for more details as we get closer to the date. For more information, please contact Pastor Curtis. We are once again raising funds for Child of Mine, which supports two children's homes in northern India. A group of runners and walkers will be doing a virtual event October 17th, and this year the funds raised will go towards post-secondary education for graduates of the homes. Learn more at childofmine.ca events. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
That's beautiful. Thank you, guys. Good morning, everybody. Good morning online. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning. And uh, well, we've got a full house today. It's good to see you all, some returning faces. It's wonderful to see baby Isabel with Chad and Hannah, first time in church. Is that right? First time in church? It is, isn't it? Let's give them a big round of applause. Look at her. Was that like a baby sounding round? We need to be quiet. Or was that just Mennonite? I don't know. Maybe that was... uh, It's so lovely to see you guys. And uh, all I can see from here is just bobble on top of a little head. So Um, it's good to see you. And it's my joy in uh, just a second to welcome my my amazing wife to come and share with us uh, this morning. I've already heard it once, and uh, it's good. So buckle up. You're going to need your journals, and you're going to need your Bibles. And, uh, and she's, uh, she did a great job in the 9 o'clock. And uh, one thing that I said at the end of the, the message that she gave this morning that I want to say now is, uh, please be assured that she lives this out. I, I get to see, I've been married to her for almost 27 years and known her for oh, way longer than that. It's kind of frightening, really, isn't it? Um, and, uh, and she does truly live this out. Also, I need to say that, uh, like the queen, she gets two birthdays. Her official birthday is tomorrow, but we're actually celebrating her birthday today. So, uh, and she's, uh, and so for a special birthday present, she gets to share with us all. Isn't that nice? Um, yes. So see that? That's thunderous. That is. It's way more than I ever get. Um, so today, we're, just to frame what Sarah's going to be sharing, um, we're pivoting a little bit in our message series. We've been talking about apprenticing Jesus, that the word disciple literally means apprentice or student. And at that time, um, that, certainly, that meant to follow a rabbi, be like them, do what they do, literally follow them around. So we've been looking at, well, what are going to be some of the habits that Jesus regularly did that we can put into our lives in the hope that we become like him. And he said, come follow me, become like me. So that's what we're going to do. So Sarah's going to be sharing about meditating on scripture, which is something we put into our lives. Last two weeks, we've been looking at what do we need to take out of our lives? And last week, I really nailed home the whole digital distraction thing. And sure enough, I got a couple of people going, well, does that mean that we can't ever go on social media? I, I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't say that social media is straight from Satan. Um, for some people, it is. For others, it's not. So here's the best analogy I can give you before I hand over to Sarah. Imagine there's nothing wrong with fish and chips. It's amazing how often fish and chips comes up in my sermons. There's nothing wrong with fish and chips. But if the first thing you are doing in the morning is reaching over for a bag of fish and chips, you've got a problem. And that is not going to end well. If all you're thinking about is fish and chips, all you want is fish and chips. And when you're bored, you reach for fish and chips. And, and that is consuming your thoughts. And what do, what's the latest fish and chips? And then you really have a problem. And it's going to result in significant issues with you physically, mentally. Think of social media as a really good bag of chips. There's nothing wrong with a good bag of chips as long as you do it in a way that is honoring to the Lord. Uh, that's the best way I can describe whether social media is bad or not. Okay, so, so putting that aside, that's what we're going to get rid of. I'm going to get emails now about fish and chips. That's what, that's what happens, but that's, that's all good. So we looked at what do we take out. Now it's like, what do we put in? And that's what Sarah's going to come and share with us. So I'm not going to steal any more of a thunder. She's coming. Uh, come on, babe. 
And uh, there's the stool. She's going all Andy Stanley. Got me glasses just in case. All right. And I'm, I'm in charge of the clicker. Yes. So if you Not see any mistakes clicker. here, that's me. Uh, for once, so. Right. Well, I've, apparently I've got a problem with fish and chips, because that's all I can think about now. Um, so uh, we've been talking about the practices of Jesus. So I thought this week, uh, Glenn asked me months ago if I wanted to preach. And of course, the answer was no, never would want to preach. But I said yes, because um, I felt that God had been you know, saying to me over the last year, if someone asks, say yes. So I thought, well, hopefully no one will ask. And, um, and then Glenn asked, so I said yes. Uh, the second reason that I'm preaching this particular message is because when he asked me if I wanted to preach, this was immediately what I wanted to talk to you about because this is meditation uh, on Scripture and memorization of Scripture has been something that I've been looking at and thinking about since March. So uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my journey with it. Uh, but I wanted to start with Jesus um, because I figured that was a really good spot to start. We're talking about being hidden in Christ we're talking about being apprentices of Jesus. So what does that look like? Um, because sometimes Jesus is this huge you know, figure that we can't possibly attain to. But we have to encourage ourselves. When Jesus came as a person, that was very deliberate because he wanted to show us how to do it and how to do it well. He wanted to make an example. So that was why he says to his disciples, you know, you're going to do these things that I'm doing, and more, greater than these you're going to do, because your Holy, my Holy Spirit is going to be with you. And you're going to be able to do this every day. You're going to have my Spirit in you every day. This is going to be how you live. So one of these things that Jesus did was memorize on Scripture and meditate on it. So we're going to look at the first instance that we have of Jesus doing this in the Bible. And it's in Luke chapter 2. So Luke starts with Jesus as a baby, he talks all about that. It's a great story. We'll be looking at that in a couple of months. Oh, my goodness. Christmas is so, so close. And then, um, then we get this little one fantastic little uh, vignette of Jesus as a 12-year-old boy. So I wanted to look at that for a minute. His parents have come into Jerusalem for their annual feast, something they did every year. And uh, they wanted to... Uh, go through their festivals, make sacrifices. They came as a family. It was a big event. It took them uh, two to three days travel to get there. So it was, a, it was a, an extraordinarily important thing for Jesus' family to do. So at the end of that, um, they hightail it back to Nazareth. And um, suddenly, after a day, they have this little conversation with, well, where's Jesus? Oh, I, I, thought, I thought you had him. Is he not with you? No, I thought Bob had him and that he was traveling with you know, his friend Nate. And, and suddenly it really realized Jesus isn't there. So then they, they go back. And it's, this is why it says in Luke 2, he says, after three days, they found him in the temple. Three days without your child. I mean, I've never done that at least. So, you know, and I'm not the best mother in the world, but at least I didn't lose my kid for three days. So after three days, they come back to Jerusalem, they find him in the temple, and he's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 
Let's just reiterate, Jesus is a 12-year-old boy. But he wants to be in the temple. He wants to be listening to the rabbis. He wants to be paying attention to scripture. And it is becoming, you can see from an early age, something that's really, really important to Jesus. So much so that when his mom and dad said, where have you been? I've been looking everywhere for you. He's like, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? This is so important to him that it's from an early age he is wanting to get into the scriptures. And, you know, that should encourage us because, as I said, Jesus was here to set an example. He's not something that, oh, you're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be as good as I am at looking into the scriptures. This is incredibly possible for us because we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. So I really want to encourage you about a year ago, I was, my mom, when she was, first became a Christian, she loved the Bible. She couldn't get enough of it. She was reading it and studying it all the time. And um, she really loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. And, you know, I, I've never had that particularly. I, I did my Bible study because I'm a good Christian girl. Ask anybody. And, um, you know, I'm very intentional about carving out time to do my Bible study. It's just who I am. But it wasn't really a super fun event for me. Sometimes it would be great and I would have amazing things that God shows me. But there was just that, I wasn't loving it. And I said to God, could you just help me to love it? Give me a real desire for it. Give me an enjoyment in it. And I think that's my journey, especially over the last kind of year, year and a half. I really started pressing in and enjoying every morning. So I started off, and I'll be talking about this in a minute, with the Ten Commandments. And looking at that and looking at how the old, um, the Israelites went from the Egypt, from slavery, into the wilderness. And all the things that they learned in there, basically Jesus, uh, God had to test them and train them how to be his people. They didn't know. All they'd had was Egypt for hundreds of years. And so he had to show them how to be his people and then bring them out. And... Um, I've been studying that. I'm now studying the parables. Parables are hard. I thought parables were easy stories. They're, they're difficult. They're complex, some of them. And uh, so that's been my kind of personal uh, growth. But I really feel God's giving. He's answering my prayer. So I encourage you, pray that. Ask God to make his scriptures really come alive to you and something that you're passionate and have a desire for. So Jesus, as a, ch- as a kid, likes the scripture, he's spending time on it, he's memorizing it. And you have to remember as well, in the Old Testament, in 2,000 years ago, they didn't have Bible on their app. They didn't have Bibles that they could just, you know, get off the shelf or go by your bed. They had scrolls that only certain people were allowed to read out. And so they did. They read them out on a regular basis to give the common, ordinary people time to hear them and memorize them. So if you were going to read scripture, you basically had to memorize it because you had nothing else open to you. So this is what Jesus was doing. And then we see what happens now that he's spent all his time from being a young child to growing up. We see him next as an adult. And he's just been baptized by John the Baptist, about to start his ministry. He's not going to be a carpenter anymore. He's going to be full-time preaching the gospel, doing what Isaiah had said uh, about healing the sick, So this was his start of his ministry, and he goes straight from that baptism into the wilderness. And he goes there for 40 days, and Satan tests him. 
And I think some of that 40 days was also solitude and silence, which is another thing that we're going to be looking at later. Um, And I wanted to show you, right at the beginning of his ministry, how scripture just comes out of Jesus in response to whatever situation he's in. So it says in Matthew, it says, um, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, you will, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan's quoting scripture to Jesus, which is incredibly arrogant. Um, and Jesus says back to him, Well, yes, but again it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He doesn't, there's no hesitation. It's an immediate knee-jerk response. This test that Satan is giving him, immediately he knows the scripture that he needs to quote to be able to fight off the enemy's attack. This is what memorization of scripture is all about. In those moments when you don't have time to, to Google where is this verse, those are the moments when God can bring that, those scriptures back to you and give you what you need in that moment. And then we see all the way through, if you look at what, how Jesus lives in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, all those interactions he has with people, all the sermons he does, constantly scripture is coming out of his mouth. In the Sermon on the Mount, he is talking about the Ten Commandments. We're going to look at that in a minute. The Pharisees accused him and his disciples of not adhering to religious rules, and so he quotes scripture about honoring your parents, because that was something that they were not doing. When addressing the topic of divorce, he quotes Genesis. He's constantly using scripture as the basis of his ministry, but also in every single instance that he has, even with people not in a a preaching situation, but just those one-on-one interactions, Jesus has scripture right there ready. It's coming out because it's part of him. He's learned it. He's spent time on it. So when we're talking about memorization, that's fine. I understand that. Meditation, I think it's a little trickier, isn't it? Because meditation in our culture tends to mean this, and that this is the definition. It says to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting for religious or spiritual purposes as a method of relaxation. You know, yoga, and you're just you know, relaxing. Although I've never found yoga entirely relaxing. It's horrible. It's just terrible. It's very hard work. And I don't do it because of that um, and other reasons. But that kind of meditation, that's what we're thinking of when we see meditation, right? It's how do we, you know, people are, are chanting. They are um, getting themselves into a certain pose. They are maybe emptying their mind. That's another thing we hear of in our culture, and some of it's Buddhism, some of it's pantheism, some of it's, you know, just um, wanting to be one with the universe. That's not what Christian meditation is. And I would say as well, God never tells us to empty our minds ever. He tells us to fill our minds. And that's a huge difference. When we fill our minds with scripture and with things about God and we focus on God, God brings change. So let me give you another definition. This is the second one down in the Webster's Dictionary. It says, to think deeply or carefully about something. Now that, I can get. That, that seems to me far more accessible as a Christian. I go, oh, okay, 
I can think deeply and carefully about something. And I think in our culture, we do this all the time. We meditate all the time, but we don't realize we're doing it. So when you have a test to study for, I was talking to Kristen. She's got tests coming up this week, as has Leo, and has, you know, so many times you've got a test coming up, I've got to study for it, I've got to, I've got to think deeply and carefully about what I'm doing, or I'm not going to pass my test. I've got to memorize these things. We spend a lot of time and effort on that. When we move house, there are so many things to think about. Where should we live? How much mortgage can I afford? What will the payments be? What's the interest rate at the moment? What about our neighbors? What about where I am now? I like it where I live. You have to think deeply and carefully about moving house. My personal favorite, grocery shopping. I think deeply and carefully about the subject every week. I go to my pantry. I go to my list. I think, what do I need? What's in my freezer? I think deeply and carefully. I go to the store. I go to Save On. I wander around Save On. I think deeply and carefully about how much is a two-liter bottle of Coke as opposed to 12 cans. There is all sorts of math going on. I'm thinking deeply and carefully about it. Who adds up as they go around? Tim. Tim. Tim was my one this morning. Tim adds up as he goes around. I also add up as I go around. I need to make sure I'm on a budget. Think deeply and carefully about something. So, meditation. We do it all the time. Part of our lives, even when we don't realize it, we're doing it. So what about scripture? Shouldn't we spend some time on doing that? Shouldn't that be a part of how we apprentice and do what Jesus did? So let's have a look at some of the scriptures. And these are scriptures Jesus would have known and memorized, probably. Um, there are loads, loads of scriptures about meditation in the Bible and memorization of scripture. It's just everywhere, which again is maybe an indication that I should have been doing it earlier. Um, Joshua 1 verse 8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. We need to spend time meditating on Scripture. And I don't know if you notice, but it says day and night. And I used to think, well, I'm not that good of a Christian, really. I, you know, I'm not going to get up in the middle of the night and read my Bible. But I don't think that's what they're talking about. I think what they're saying is when you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's usually because there's something on your mind. You're, you're afraid of something. You're anxious about something. You're worried. You're concerned. And what they're saying is if Scripture is part of your life, you won't be reaching for your Bible app at 2 in the morning. The Holy Spirit of God brings what you have learned back to you so that you can apply it, so that there you can say, you know, God is with me. He'll never forsake me. He is my peace. He loves me. He wants the best for me. All these scriptures that talk about our relationship with God that is so applicable in those moments when we're struggling at night. And you've got to remember, these guys didn't have 
the app. They couldn't nip down to the temple in the middle of the night and ask somebody to read a scroll. This had to be in them. They had to learn it. This wasn't an option for them. If they were going to meditate, they were going to memorize. So my, the reason, as I said, that I'm talking about this is because uh, back at the beginning of COVID, oh, my life, that's such a long time ago, back in March, uh, Phil Collins, who's a senior pastor of the network, he uh, posted some videos which are online on media on willapartchurch.com about uh, meditation and memorization. And there are about seven of them, about 10 to 15 minutes long. And I was like, well, I've got time. (laughs) I'll use some of my time wisely. I'll be so much more spiritual at the end of it. And um, I think it's worked. All right, then. Uh, (laughs) But I wanted to, I was really interested in meditation. To be honest, I wasn't interested about memorization because I'd done that when I was a kid. Who learned scriptures when they were a little child and they were in a club? Thank you. So my, my personal story, my personal testimony, I was in Bible club and I was about 10 and I learned John chapter 3 verses 1 to 21. Thank you. Uh, I can't tell you it now, but <laughs> I learned it all the way through. It's tricky. It's a tricky piece of scripture that. Um, and... Um, I learned it, and I won a prize, because that was the only reason I learned it. And what did I win? Any suggestions? What would I win for, for, for making that my memorization passage? I won a Bible. I've got the That's how I learned it in the first... Okay, I would rather have had chocolate, but there we are. So, you know, memorization was not something that I was particularly interested in. When I'd heard of people talking about memorization, it's people like... John Piper, and they've, you know, memorized the whole of the New Testament or something like that. And you're like, ooh, that's a lot, isn't it? I, I don't think I want to go there. But I'm interested in meditation. I'll listen. So um, I started watching. They're fantastic. They're really great. It's very practical. Appeals to me. I like having practical things. He always set you something to do at the end of every video. And uh, one of the things he said was, have you ever learned the Ten Commandments? I had not. I could probably tell you eight, maybe nine of them. Some of them are a little fuzzy, certainly not in the right order. I'll learn the Ten Commandments. How difficult could it be? So, um, so I, decided to, I decided to learn this. And uh, one of the books I'd been reading called Bearing God's Name had been talking about, in, in particular, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, which to me had always meant... You don't swear with Jesus' name. You don't say, oh, my God. You don't use Jesus' name as a swear word. Fine. I'm good. I've done that. I'm a good Christian girl. Don't do that. Well, this lady who wrote this book, which is a very good book, by the way, um, she said it's actually better translated. You shall not bear the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's more about how we represent God. How do we talk? How do we act? What are the relationships that we have? How is Jesus seen through how we live? That's what this scripture is talking about. Don't bear God's name in vain. And when you think about the people of Israel, that was a consistent issue that God had with them, wasn't it? That they were always kind of moving off and doing their own thing or copying the religions of the people that that were around them. And God was always saying, no, 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 you're set apart. You're holy. You're different. This is the way. Don't bear my name in vain. So 
that actually immediately appealed to me. I was like, oh, I, you know, that's really good. I can, that's a, a commandment that I can really think about and, and use on a regular basis and meditate on. Great. So I started looking through the rest of them. And the next one that really jumped out to me was do not murder. Nailed it. I have not killed anybody in 49 years. I may have come close sometimes, but I have never done it. And then the Holy Spirit started talking to me. He said, maybe you should read what Jesus said about this in the Sermon on the Mount. I thought, okay. So Matthew 5, let's have a look. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Great. But I say to you, Everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So Jesus is quoting, don't be angry with don't murder. Can't, can't say yes to that one. I've lost my rag billions of times in my 49 years. It's, that's a tricky one. Don't be angry. Wow, I had to think about that one long and hard. Because that immediately became personal to me. So then I started going, okay, let's have a real look at these. So I actually wrote them in a way that really made sense to me. So this is how I wrote them. There are no other gods before me. God is always first. He's always ultimate. There's no idols. There's no, nothing that I'm putting in my life that I'm saying, this is mine, my money, my career, my kids. This is yours. This is God's. He is ultimate. He is first. He has charge of all those things. Resting on the sa- uh, bearing my name well. Don't take the name of the Lord and God in vain. It becomes bear my name well. Represent me well every day. Every day we can think of that one and go, am I bearing God's name well and how I'm speaking and how I'm acting? Then rest on the Sabbath. This is a command. This has been huge to our family in the last few months. God's going to be talking about it next week. How do we rest on the Sabbath? And when you look at it, God gives far more words to describing this commandment than he does to any of the others. Some of them are really quite short. Resting on the Sabbath is long. Take a look at it in preparation for next week. It's very important to Jesus and it is to God, and it is a commandment that we rest on the Sabbath. Honor our parents. Mom and dad, love you. We honor our parents. Sometimes that can be tricky. Are we really honoring them? Are we honoring them in how we think of them as well as how we talk to them, how we act? And then I started to think, okay, do not murder. So I thought, well, I don't want to just say don't be angry. I wanted to have some kind of positive. So I actually switched it to be loving. Because Jesus was always saying that. He was always saying, love your enemies and do good to those who persecute you. Don't hate. Don't be angry. Love. So that became be loving for me. Do not commit adultery became be faithful. Do not steal became be generous. Jesus always talking about generosity, going the extra mile, taking your jacket off and giving them another coat as well. How can we be more generous? How can I be more generous every day? Am I being generous with my stuff? Do not bear false witness. Be honest. Always be honest. Trickier than we think sometimes. I think I give myself a little bit of a, a buy sometimes. And, well, I didn't say it. 
you know, or I left that bit out, or, you know, we've got to be honest. How are we being honest? And do not covet. This is a tricky one. Be satisfied. Am I satisfied? I am the Amazon queen. I order a lot. Scott knows. I have a school credit card. I use it a lot. But then I'd spread over into my personal stuff, and I'm buying a lot of things. Am I being satisfied? God really started talking to me about that. Am I satisfied with what I have? Do I really need other things? Let me think about it. So as I started to meditate on all that, and as I started to think over each individual commandment, I was able to start applying it and listening for the Holy Spirit to just maybe highlight one or two things that I was like, yeah, I need to work on that. I need to ask God helps, God's help for that. And it helped me to see that by thinking about Scripture, I am giving God the time and the focus to show me what he wants to change in me. Let me tell you, say that again. Meditating on Scripture helped me to see that by thinking about Scripture... I am giving God the time and the focus to show me what he wants to change in me. So, where do you start? It's a big, long Bible. There are really tricky bits in it. Where do you start? What, what, is, what is good verses to memorize? Well, for me, I started thinking, well, what do I want God to change? So I started looking at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Because I think this about nails it. I just need all that. I need love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I could check off every one of those and say, okay, God, I need, I need you to change me. But what's great is that God just deals with it a little bit at a time. So there'll be a day where you go, yeah, I'm not exactly filled with joy today. God, could you fill me with your joy? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Highlight to, to me the things that that day is like, yeah, I need, to, I need to work on that. I need to press in, press into that. And then this is another tricky one, 1 Corinthians 13. Love. So this isn't just for when you're married, apparently. It's for, uh, it's for all the, every day of my life. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Ooh, that's a tricky one. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things, and love never ends. You know, when you start thinking of those kind of scriptures and memorizing those, and I memorized that one, um, it's actually super helpful for every day. So there'll be times when Glenn and I have a discussion and I'm like, and so I would then retreat, retreat and have a, amen, and have a think. And so while I was thinking, God said, you know, maybe you should go through that love passage again. I was like, all right then. So, you know, you, you, you go through it and you go, yeah, oh buddy, I'm sorry. I was, I was a bit irritable. I'm sorry. I've had a, I've had a bit of a day. I was irritable. And so you can go back then and go, this is where I messed up. This is what Jesus just showed me about who I am and who I'm being at the moment. So let's, let's practice right now. Right, right now. We're going to spend a couple of minutes quiet 
looking at this love scripture. And while we have it just quiet, maybe just go through and, and open your mind up to what the Spirit of God is saying to you about this passage of scripture. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. Holy Spirit, just pray that you would take those little moments that we've given you just now to highlight something that we can think and mull on and meditate on throughout the course of today and maybe this week. And that we would feel your Holy Spirit talking to us and helping us change and making us more like you so we can bear your name well. Amen. Amen. So principles of how we meditate and memorize scripture. So I was talking with uh, Jan this morning, and she was like, oh, I find it so hard to memorize. And she had a little index card that she had written stuff on, and she was trying to memorize it. And I know Glenn does that. He puts it in his pocket. And he told you the other week, don't put it on your phone. I'd say put it on your phone. Um, Well, this works for me. You pick what works for you. But for me, I put it on a note on my phone, or I make it my screensaver. And then I usually go for a walk with the dog, and I'm going through in my head, um, you know, all the, the mem- what I'm trying to memorize. And if I get it wrong, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I forgot that bit. And you go through, and then halfway through the, work, the, the walk, gone through it a bit, memorized it a bit, then I start to meditate on it. And that's really lovely. I just go through little bit by little bit, in little chunks. Jesus, are you telling me anything? Is there anything that I need to think about? Any changes I need to make today in this scripture? And just spend some time listening to what Jesus is telling you. And it's not not rocket science, and it it doesn't necessarily take a really long time. I can do that in 10, 10, 15 minutes. And I'm also walking my dog. So it's like, it's easy to incorporate it into our lives. Um... But it does take a bit of effort. You have to be intentional about it. You have to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick the scripture. I'm going to learn it. By the end of the week, I'll have learned it. And I'm also going to meditate on it. So you have to be intentional for sure. But I really wanted to encourage you because Paul says to the, the Philippians, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
So there is an expectation that we have to put in some work. It's going to take a bit of effort. We're not just going to turn up on a Sunday and then do nothing until next Sunday. We have to put in a bit of effort. So that's okay. So that's, that's fine. But he also says, for it is God who works in you. So we're putting a bit in, but God is bringing the change. I can't change myself. I can't make myself a more loving, patient, gracious, gentle person. I've tried. It doesn't work. But God brings that change in me. And scripture has a lot to do with that. Um, So I wanted to share a story about Zoe. Zoe has, uh, in recent days, gone uh, through some changes in her life. And one of the changes that we call adulting is buying a car. So she and Luke had Poot. This is Poot. You may have seen Poot and several other versions of Poot around uh, Kelowna. They called him Poot. We don't know why. Um, And Poot was brilliant. 2001, beige Toyota Corolla. You're not going to get points for style, but it is going to last you a long time. And it was cheap, affordable. Great, great car. However, if Poot was a person, probably need a hip replacement. Just starting to struggle with the hills, not quite doing as good as he was. And so Zoe's like, I want a new car. I've saved up some money. Mom and dad, come and, come and, and buy a car with me. Yes, absolutely, no problem. So we went to uh, Toyota, Steve Enns. Thank you very much. He makes buying a car a joy. Uh, so we went and we, she found a car. She uh, test drove one. She put a deposit down and then she went home. And then she said, and this is a direct quote, Mom, I never want to buy a car again. It's a nightmare. The things you've got to think about, you've got to think about car insurance, you've got to think about lines of credit, you've got to think about interest rates, you've got to think about payment schedules, you've got to think about gas consumption. Who knew gas consumption is a thing? You've got to think about, should I get into debt and build up a credit score? Should I just use my money? She had all these things that she had to think about. It took effort, but it was worth it because this is Mo. I know, she's looking smart. So Mo is named after Nana because Mo is also sleek and stylish and quite fast. She's faster than she looks, I'm telling you. Um, So yes, so Zoe thoroughly enjoyed getting the car, the process not quite so much. It was effort, it was time, it was thinking carefully and deeply about buying a car. I want to encourage you Start meditating. Start memorizing. Just even in small chunks. I don't need you to learn Romans by next week. But maybe learn 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 6. You know, those verses that can bring change, that you can start remembering and meditating on in your life. Choose scriptures that address areas for personal change for you. So if you're um, an angry person, maybe start getting some scriptures that deal with love. If you are a fearful person, you have anxieties, you have worries and concerns, you're up in the night worrying about things, maybe grab those, those uh, scriptures that deal with peace and that God is with you and he'll never forsake you. If you are frustrated, learn scriptures about patience. It's not, it's not difficult to find things that you go, oh, I probably shouldn't learn about that, and then find those scriptures and then meditate Memorize them and meditate on them, and you will see change.
And also, this memorization tool has helped me to worship God. This was a complete, I didn't realize that this would help me do this. But it was actually, as I was meditating on the scripture, especially that Galatians one, I started thinking, well, this is the fruits of the Spirit. This is who God is, right? He is loving. He is the source of all joy. He gives me peace. He's patient with me. He's kind to me. He is what goodness is, right? He's faithful. He's gentle. He's self-controlled when I'm an idiot. God is all these things. I can worship him for all of those things as I'm meditating on my memorized scripture. Jesus did it for no other reason. We should do it because Jesus did it. He was our example. He was our model. Scripture encourages us to do it, tells us all over the place. It allows God to change us. I'm giving God the time and the focus to show me what he wants to change in me. Start small, but start. And then it leads us to worship our amazing God for who he is. Let me encourage you this week. Pick a part of scripture, a little verse. Don't go mad. Just a little verse that you can memorize and you can meditate on it through the week. When you're in your car, when you're in the bath, when you're going for a walk with the dog, just go over those scriptures just once or twice and see what God says to you and see how God can bring you change. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you said it is um, living and breathing. And it is a a two-edged sword. It's sharp. It can bring that change. And so, Lord, I pray that this week you would help us to learn how to carve out a little piece of time when we can focus on you and focus on your word and ponder and think carefully and deeply about you so that you can then bring the change that you want in our lives so that we can bear your name well, that we can come back into alignment with who you are and how you want us to live. Lord, ultimately, so that you can get all the glory. So that as Luke was saying, you are the one that we praise. You are the one worthy of praise. You are the one far above everything and anyone else in this universe. And we want to give you glory and praise in how we live and how we speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your week. Well done, love. It's awesome. It's always good when we get things to do at the end of the sermon. There's that, so what? It's great information. What do we do now? And that's such a simple thing to do for this week is learn some scripture. So thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate that. And happy birthday. Um, Next week, you can register for next week's uh, gathering. Actually, you can do it right now. Uh, so at 12 o'clock each Sunday, you can register. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about a subject next week that I've actually never really preached on. And yet I have a feeling that this is going to be such an important, life-changing message uh, for you. Um, and because it has been for us as a family as well. So it's kind of a two-parter. And we're going to look at rest. Now, before some of you go, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm a great napper. Um, that's me, first of all. I realize there's a big difference between, uh, between rest and relaxation. Massive difference. A huge spiritual difference. And Sarah was right. God mentions this commandment about Sabbath and rest in such a, uh, in a, in a large way all through the Scriptures. What does that mean to us? There's a group of people who wouldn't normally think about celebrating Sabbath 
What's that look like for us? And especially given some of our backgrounds, which we grew up with really legalistic, okay, just don't do anything on a Sunday because that's what Jesus would have done. Mm, Actually, that's probably not true. So we're going to look at rest and we're going to look at Sabbath. Please uh, come, register, come next week or listen online. Um, I will guarantee you, you're going to learn some things that you will be able to incorporate in your life that will be life-changing for you and your family. It's a wake-up call. It really was a wake-up call for us. So uh, looking forward to that. Thank you again, Sarah. God bless you online. We love you, miss you. And uh, thank you for continuing to be so generous and giving to our church. And and you can do that even as I speak with the Give button, which is up there somewhere. Uh, For those of you in the room, you can give with your app or we've got the the Ark of the Covenant back there uh, that takes all sorts of large currencies. Um, You can do that as well. But uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful week and uh, we'll see you next week.